If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Shout out to Fergie. Happy birthday to Sphinx in the chat. And what's up and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, April 7th, 2023. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by... One of the coolest dudes. In the I was about games. to say it. <laughs> Is that what you're I was say? about to say it. Last, it was stuck in my head recently. I, I don't know if you were part of this conversation, but I realized that I haven't introed Greg as one of the coolest dudes in video games in a long time because I kept calling him the Big Daddy. Mm. You know, I mean, he is a big daddy. He is a big daddy, but he's also one of the coolest dudes in video games. So I mm. recently went back to it, and it did just feel right. Mm. But you know what? You're one of the coolest dudes in video games as well. Wow. Guys. You know, I'm honored. Yeah, and also the new face of video games. How you doing, Bless? I'm doing pretty good. I'll be honest. It's a tired Friday morning. Mm. The co- I started drinking the coffee, mm-hmm. and I started feeling like the ooh, okay, this is this infiltrating my system. Infiltrating. But that, as it was doing that, I was like, I should, I should slow down. You yeah. know, I don't want to go on KFD all like you know pumped up, ready to like go. Greg on Re- Coke. Exactly. Coca-Cola. I don't want to be a <laughs> Greg on Coke, Coca-Cola. Um, and so I started drinking water instead, uh-huh. and I. The, the effect is gone now. Okay. Well, yeah. You, yeah. You still have your coffee there. You can balance it out a bit. Yeah. I'm trying to go back and forth. I'm trying to, I'm trying to balance it, you know? Yeah. Or I got chug it right now. Just chug no, it all right Absolutely not. My if this coffee's was anything on the else, way. If it was anything else, I would chug it. If it's coffee, no. I know what's going to happen to me. I, I uh, was a little late getting out of my house today, and uh, there was a, a little bit of a miscommunication between me and Gia about the car, and she needed it. And I was like, well, I got to get to work. This is a complicated situation. Mm-hmm. So she was like, it's okay. I'll go with you and take the car. But because of that, ran out of time to get my coffee. So mm. love of my life, Gia out there. She's getting me coffee right now. She's bringing it oh, back wow. to me. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Fantastic stuff for everybody. I'm having a great time. Yeah. I know I've already talked about the, the Super Mario Brothers movie a lot, bless, but I'm not, I'm not done because mm-hmm. I saw it a third time last night. Oh, yeah. Uh, this time in 40X, which I do recommend for this movie. Great experience. Adds to it. Fun time for everybody. A lot of drifting in the cart. It's I was going to say, when does the 40X kick in in ways you're like, oh, let's go. You know, what I was most impressed by the 40X in Mario was the subtlety, which is a weird thing to say. Interesting. But it's more like the bass notes of like Bowser's steps. Like you feel just a little mm. bit of a shake. It's That's not actually like, really cool. It's not super overwhelming. There are parts that are overwhelming. It's 40X. That's how it goes. But um, the the number one star for me was, now that I've seen the, yeah, yeah, hey. I've seen the movie three times. Once was the premiere. Once was just a, a, a press screener in San Francisco, um, which always have different vibes than the general populace, mm-hmm. right? Seeing this on Thursday, not quite opening night, but close enough to opening night. Absolutely sold out packed crowd. But to be there with the kids, bless. Mm. You need to rewatch this movie again. And you need to do it just to feel their energy. There was... I, it was like Avengers Endgame for us, but for these like five to 10 year olds. That's what I'm talking Absolutely about. losing their mind. All the music cues we're freaking out about, they're freaking out about, laughing at every joke. But there's this one kid in particular that the moment we see Luigi with the flashlight just starts yelling at the top of his lungs, Luigi's Mansion! 
And it was just Let's like, go. there's just pure joy left in this world. And it just made me very, that, very happy. It fills me with so much joy that the kids appreciate Nintendo the way that we appreciate yeah. Nintendo. Because that's the thing you, you, I guess, not worry about. That's the thing I think about every now and then is I know how special Nintendo is for me because mm-hmm. I played Super Mario Brothers as a kid. I played Mario 3. I played Mario 64. Knowing that the kids aren't having those same experiences, I'm like, is Mario hitting the same way for y'all? And to hear, yeah, a kid hollering and being like, oh, Luigi's, Luigi's Mansion. I get Mansion. that, re- that reference. It's like, yeah. Because, I mean, of course, Luigi's Mansion is on the Switch, right? You can play it right now. Totally. Yeah. It's a, To your point, like, I, I, I think the future's in good hands when it comes to our, our favorite about. plumber at the very least. I don't know about many other things. Uh, but, yeah, between the theme park, this movie, and, like, just the kids playing the games... Things, I mean, things are going to be all right. <laughs> spoilers for the Roper Report. As I was putting together the, the, the show, there's one story that um, was about the Mario soundtrack, about how the movie soundtrack is up on Spotify, and you can get it and listen to it right now. And did I immediately switch over to Spotify, turn on the soundtrack, and I uh, listen to that while I was putting together games daily? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. That soundtrack hits so well, even without the context of the movie. Like, so just listening to the most beautiful orchestration I've ever heard in my life. It's incredible. You know, They knocked it out the park. Re- real quick, uh, I, again, not to go too long on this, but I mm-hmm. want to give a couple shout-outs to the Mario movie because w- one thing that I love about it is how much homages it has to the games and the things that we know and love from Mario's past. But it also gives a new identity to Mario. I've been talking on, on this show and many shows that for almost a decade or if not more, if you count um, just the art style's inception, Mario and friends have looked the same, have felt the same. All the games look the same. Getting this different take in the movie, there's added things to, to Mario that we'll now be able to love forever. The mm-hmm. original score is fantastic. The new original theme for Mario in this movie that they use as like uh, a motif throughout it all is so good and so in line with Koji Kondo's work on all the other Mario um, games to the point that them next to each other just feels right. So I'm very impressed with that. On top of that, just like there's like unique motions that Mario makes, like his mm-hmm. his let's a go motion where he kind of looks down and looks up. It's like, oh shit, you guys just gave Mario new iconic things. And I just really appreciate that little stuff. Mario and Luigi's handshake and stuff. Oh my God. Like, they just got it down, man. They got so, it down. Shout out, to, shout out to the Super Mario Brothers movie. Go watch it this weekend, just like everybody else in the world is going to do. And then go home and listen to the soundtrack that, of course, I pre ordered on vinyl. So, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but you know what? Enough about all of that. Today's stories include some updates on Resident Evil 4, <laughs> rumors on PSVR 2 production, and more because this is kind of funny games daily uh we do it each and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or twitch.tv slash kind of funny games uh if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or listen on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily and we'll be right there for you remember uh you can go to epic you can use our Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. Uh, to be part of the show, you can head to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD to write in with your questions, squad-ups, and more. And remember, patreon.com slash kindoffunny will get you the show ad-free plus a bevy of bonus content. You're definitely going to want to check it out. Amazing episodes of Kind of Feudy recently. Um, somebody's just been on an amazing tear. Somebody. I'm not going to say who it is. Who could but that like, be? Maybe it's somebody that looks like a big turtle right now. You know mm. what I'm talking about? 
That's me, everybody. This is a big bomb. I mean, you're just in theme. You're in theme. Turtle. <laughs> you ready for that? Huh? Bless? I was not ready for that. I was not ready for that at all. Turtly enough for you? I'm feeling so turtly. I've never seen the movie. Master I've never seen the movie either, but I'm sure we've seen the I, same commercial I trailer for once in school. They played it. Like it, it felt like a. It's the end of the year. We're watching a movie type of vibe. And I don't remember it, except for that scene. Of course, of course. Uh, a new PSI Love You XOXO is up right now. Uh, the crew puts together their own PlayStation showcases for you to judge. Tim, I can't wait to check this one out. I was going to say, if there's any episode I would recommend Tim Gettys check yeah. out of PSI Love You, it would be this one. I heard you guys recording it from the other room, and I was like, they're having so much fun oh, yeah. right now. It was a bl- I put in almost too much work. And I, and like I said this to Greg and Jen, I was like, guys, I put in a lot of work into this showcase. And then when Greg gets to his part where he's t- telling us about his showcase, I'm like, dude, I thought I put in work. Greg is like out here inventing trailers, yeah. just describing trailers and details uh, from scratch. And it's incredible. Well, the thing is, I, I don't know the details about what you, Janet, and Greg pitched, but mm-hmm. there can only be one winner. And it's clearly whoever said where this thing was going to take place. Did anyone say it was going to take place live? You'll have to stripes? watch. You'll have out. to watch and see. I'll have to watch and see just like all of you out there. Over on Patreon, two new episodes of Remember Blank are available where they remember their favorite Star Wars games and games that floored them. First games that ever floored them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying something a little different with Remember Blank. More topical theme yeah. stuff. That's exciting. We're getting good That's feedback cool. on it too. Yeah. yeah, I think this is this format allows us to have more conversation as opposed to like one person bringing their game like show and tell and like just talk being the one person in the conversation. I like this format because it is okay. What's your favorite Star Wars game? And me, Mike, and Greg go around in the circle and talk about it and bring in um, the audience write-ins. Love and it. also like it's the only show where it's me, Mike, and Greg. Yeah, and I'm not on. I'm not with Mike on any of our podcasts, uh, and so like I I rarely talk to him on content. And so I think having me, Greg, and Mike there as a trio is a pretty fun time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some more little housekeeping for you. Uh, we just did our Super Mario Brothers movie in review. Uh, you can check that out now. And next week, we're going to be doing the 1993 Mario movie. I can't wait to do that with everybody. If you want to watch the movie for free, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash Mario uh, to watch that via the Internet Archive. That's the version that we are going to be reviewing, ranking, and recapping on In Review next week. And Tim. Uh, uh-huh. Do you have one final thing to uh, tell the kids about? Of course I do. Later today, oh, yeah. after this. It won't be live because uh, we keep getting dinged on trailers when we do stuff live. But sometime today, it will be available to everybody. Uh, Baird and I, of course, are going to react to the Ahsoka's trailer from Star Wars Celebration, as well as all of the Star Wars announcements. So much crazy stuff. Can't wait to talk to Baird about it later. But right now... I'm going to have to thank our Patreon producers, Tripod Plus Plus and Delaney Twining, for helping make this show happen. Today, we're brought to you by Shady Rays and Evil Dead Rise, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Thank you so much, Cool Greg. It's time for some news. Six stories today. A baker's dozen. Really lightheaded from that whole string of words together. But you did it. You made it happen. I did it, everybody. Now you got your coffee in front of you. Let me, let me Just take a, a step. big old, big old, what do they call this one? A grande? A trenta? Trenta. 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 30 fluid ounces <sighs> of iced coffee goodness. I don't know how you do it. I don't know either. I'm also just, I'm a small boy. You so, are a small boy. Yeah, small that's, that's why this small coffee works for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, story number one. Resident Evil 4 remake sales top 4 million units. This comes from George Yang at IGN. Uh, Re- Resident Evil 4 Remake has now sold over 4 million copies worldwide, Capcom announced. This comes after Capcom previously revealed last month that the game sold over 3 million copies within its first two days of release. 
In addition to RE4 garnering interest and attention from the release of the Chainsaw demo prior to launch, sales of the title grew steadily following a highly positive reception from customers, driving worldwide sales over 4 million units. According to Alex Anil, writer of Itchy Tasty and an official history of Resident Evil, Resident Evil 4 Remake is the second fastest selling Resident Evil in history. This means RE4 Remake is, by most measures, the second fastest selling RE in history within the first two weeks. However, it's very likely RE4 will overtake RE6 before long. RE6 shipped 4.5 million at launch, but didn't hit 5 million until nearly 12 months later. That's a crazy drop off. Yeah. Like, 4.5 at launch, and then you didn't get to 5 million until a year later? Yeah. Like... I mean, I guess it, uh, that makes sense, even if the games were not bad, were great, whatever it is. Like, at some point, there's going to have to be a, a major drop-off, unless you're Mario Kart. Um, but, I mean, even with Mario Kart, at some point, there is a drop-off. For sure. Um, as it kind of... This is, that's just such, like, a boom, like, yeah. out of nowhere. And I'm I'm sure part of that is probably word of mouth, right? Because RE6 is one of the ones that people don't, don't fuck with. RE6 is easily the most... Uh, frowned upon core Resident Evil okay. title. Um, so far. this logo? Yeah, I do. The giraffe getting sucked off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I logos? ever noticed that. And like, I, I remember as soon as you said it, I identified it. Yeah, I remember a trailer playing on TV one day for this, and my dad's not like an internet guy, so he's not even like really looking at commentary on the RE6 logo reveal. But he put together of like. Why does that look like a draft getting sucked off? What's going on there? Yeah. That's so funny. On, uh, I want to say episode two of Up at Noon, uh, Greg and Brian Altano had a whole, and, and Mike Drucker, I think, like the whole core bit of that episode was making fun of this logo and things that it kind of looks like. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember it being very funny. Very funny. Um, but, yo, shout out to Resident Evil. Shout out to Capcom. We talk about this a lot, bless you and I on mm. this table right here. We talk about Ubisoft. And like, what, what's going on, Ubisoft? What you doing? And then we talk about Capcom, and we're like, they're cruising. You're cruising. You're doing it. You brought it back because Capcom was in a very bad space about 10 years ago. And then slowly but surely, they've really kind of turned the tides. Monster Hunter World lighting the world on fire, and then all of these RE remakes, the new RE games, all of them working together so beautifully. Like, they're doing really cool stuff over there. And um, to see them find the success both from a sales perspective, from customers being happy and the consumers, but then also the critics loving this game. Like, they've really cracked the code on remaking amazing games. And to go from two to three to four uh, with RE, like, they, they pulled it off. Like, I'm still working my way through RE4 Remake, but RE4, oh, I mean, of course, I'm loving it, man. Like, they they did it. They, are, they, they really are accomplishing the dream of taking one of the best games ever and just making it modern and even better. And having just come off uh, Dead Space and Resident, or, uh, Metroid Prime, it's like, we're we're out here, bless. Oh, yeah. We're out here. Uh, yeah, shout out to Ari. To Ari. Uh, interestingly enough, you know, this goes back to the PS Love You um, episode. One of us brings up Pragmata from Capcom, mm -hmm. right? And that sparked a thought for me of, is that gonna be the next one, right? You're talking about Capcom being on a run of having very great entries into now into these franchises that, are, that have become these storied franchises for them. And so you're seeing Monster Hunter hit max quality. You're seeing RE now hit max quality, right? You're seeing uh, Street Fighter seeming like, oh man, this next one seems like it's gonna be fantastic. Is Pragmata the next one up? Is that gonna be one that hits in the same way that um, a lot of the recent Capcom stuff has? 
Help me out here, cause uh, I'm I'm a little hazy right now. That's this the Pragmata was the one that it debuted, I believe, at like a PlayStation showcase thing. That's the space um, one, right? I, yeah, yeah, I, I know what Pragmata is, but I'm saying in terms of like Capcom's successes and failures recently, because mm -hmm. we're talking about RE, we're talking about Monster Hunter, which all of those um, have been successes. What have their misses been? Oh, Mega, Man, really Mega Man 11 um, kind of came and went, but I don't think it was necessarily bad. But it just wasn't like. You know, we weren't hearing like record-breaking numbers, or even critically, it being too beloved. Mm -hmm. um, but besides that, I mean, yeah, no, I'm I'm trying to find. I mean, Exoprimal, it, like that. That's a game that's going to come out this year. I played the mm -hmm. beta, and that's one where they revealed it, and we're like, "Is this Donald Crisis? No, it's not Donald Crisis. Okay, this is some weird shit." Played, the, I played like just a little bit of the beta, just a little bit, and I was like, "Oh, this seems actually like it could be pretty cool." Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's one that's out there. People but, in the chat are saying the RE multiplayer games, and absolutely, sure, yeah, yeah of that, course, that is very, very true. Yeah, like yeah, RE verse, but like nobody was looking forward to RE verse. I don't even think Capcom was looking forward to RE verse. Uh, but then yeah, you're talking about the Capcom fighting game collections. You're talking about Great Ace Attorney, which people love Ace Attorney, if I recall correctly. Um, Monster Hunter Stories too. I don't, I don't know what the reception was on that, but like that seems like something that was probably fine. Um, <laughs> Devil May Cry, of course, fantastic. Uh, the, the last Devil May Cry game. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like even going all the way back there, like D DMC Five was fucking amazing. Yeah, like the like the misses feel like they're low key stuff that would we even constitute those as yeah. big misses for Capcom. Yeah, and that's great. And we have Street Fighter Six coming up soon. Like Capcom is really, and we expect that to be great. Yeah, like just good on Capcom, man. They they seem to be uh making all the right decisions. Yeah. All so, the right decisions. All the right decisions. All of them. Maybe not all of them, everybody. Maybe not all of them. Story number two. Resident Evil 4 Remake has added microtransactions to upgrade weapons quicker. Well, you, know, said, you don't only pay real said, money Modernizing to? some of the best games of all time. This isn't what I meant, Blast. Is this not part? I, I didn't play all the way through Resident Evil 4 on the PS2. Was this not a feature? Was this, I mean, well, how many times the... have you heard the what are you buying? Exactly. That's what I, I assumed I was paying real money. I assumed yeah, that I was paying $3 for one of them tickets. This comes from Chris Scullion at VGC. Capcom has added microtransactions to RE4 Remake, enabling players to pay extra to upgrade their weapons quicker. The free Mercenaries Mode DLC is added to the game today, but it's also been accompanied by 11 new pieces of paid DLC called Exclusive Upgrade Tickets, each letting players speed up the upgrade process. To gun enthusiasts, knife collectors, and lovers of weapons of any and all kinds, Here's your ticket to the gun show, specifically a ticket to be redeemed at the merchant shop. It's a weird way to put that as well. Like, I know you're <laughs> getting weapons, but like, it just feels weird to like. Look, you're paying real money to, to get to go to the gun show, Tim. Yeah. You yeah. love guns. Yeah. You love paying money. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, with this, you'll have access to a weapons exclusive upgrade at any time, regardless of the weapons level. Not only that, but once unlocked, the upgrade itself is free of charge. <laughs> There you go. Yay. Uh, this item will be added to the treasures menu and will be available across all your save data. Each upgrade ticket costs $2.99, and there are also a number of multi-packs letting players buy three or five tickets at a discount. In total, if players were to buy everything, they'd get 23 upgrade tickets at a total of $55.89. There's no indication from Capcom that microtransactions were being added to the game. I'll be honest. This doesn't bother me that much. Like, I can see how it could rub people the wrong way, but... Having played through the game, I never felt at any point like the game was hindering my progress based on wanting to nickel and dime me. Like, yeah, like it, you are not able to get an abundance of tickets to upgrade your weapons, but it feels like that's the way the game should be played, right? It feels like a, no, you've got to make the decision of 
what weapons you want to upgrade with the resources you have. If you want more Reese's or more Reese's, Reese's pieces, if you want more resources, you got to explore more, right? And like get the thing so you can get the ticket so that you can get the ultimate upgrade for one weapon of your choice. That feels like the way the game is designed, if anything. Like, and, and honestly, this is the way that I think stuff like this should be. It seems like if you buy the tickets, you're kind of breaking the game for yourself, right? And I think that is how that should work. If I want to pay $3 or $55 to get, like, all these tickets to, like, break the progression so that I can be this all-powerful being, sure. Like, why not? I think, I, I think that's fine. It's interesting. Like, I'm torn on it where I, I think at the end of the day, I personally align with you where I'm just like, I don't think this is that big of a deal. And it is entirely optional. And just don't do it if you don't want to do it. And to stay on this, like four side for this it's mm. like this is a single player game i want more single player games out there and more ways for those games to make money that don't actually affect me yeah is a good thing for those games to be made more and more remakes of games i love and all that stuff now on the flip side of it it's like it's scummy it's really not cool to like have to find new ways to like make money from a single player game it's like well the, we just had a story about the topping four million units like that's great mm. right on its way to five it's, it's going to keep going up like you're making the money there the support is there already so it just kind of feels a little bit like ugh, a, like to take something so beloved and to tarnish it with these type of things yeah. i think that's the, that's like the part where i understand it how it could run people the wrong way the fact that you're talking about a game that people consider a classic people consider one of the greatest it was originally a ps2 thing and if I, correct me if i'm wrong right didn't have microtransactions on the ps2 uh or gamecube, GameCube. Yeah. um and so, yeah, when you add that into a game, in, into that game, right? Like, this is supposed to be the premier version, the, the most prestige version of that game, and you're adding in these features that could rub people as, oh, man, you're nickel and diming me now. I understand how that can, how that can bum people out. But also, that, I think you're also talking about what video games are in 2023 versus yeah. what video games were in 2004. Alex J. Sandoval, uh, to that point, says, this used to be a cheat code yeah no you know? uh, then, but also you know cheat codes that, that, those aren't around anymore exactly so yeah. this is the modern version of it so that's what i'm saying is like at the end of the day i don't think this is that bad and it doesn't actually like to your point i feel like doing this actually hinders your experience with the game yeah. if you're planning on actually playing the game a certain way it also just allows you to play the game a different way if you want to do that um and break the game and and find the fun that way and the pricing's not that egregious uh if you are targeting specific weapons or whatever and um i'm seeing the chat charles jacobson was saying that they've been doing this since re7 like they've been doing this mm -hmm. for all the modern re's so yeah not like it's a major surprise it's just it is just kind of like oh man and there is like i mean there is new game plus in ways that in like and your weapons carry over right and i think if you do want to have multiple weapons that do have like their ultimate upgrade in there like you can get there, right? Like you can do that through New Game Plus and through just playing the, playing the game. Like it's not like this is the only way. Like if it was a, hey, here's an exclusive weapon that you can only get by giving us the bucks, <laughs> giving mm -hmm. us the money, giving us the what did the Greg call them the smackaroos? Smackaroos. Giving us the smackaroos. Then that'd be one thing. Then I'd be like, all right, that's a bummer. But the fact that you can upgrade the stuff in game and get to where like you can you can do do all this stuff in game. Yeah, sure. Why not? Like. I'm not going to buy it. Like, I'm not going to spend the money for it. I'm sure it's still like Michael will. <laughs> so uh, there's a question here from Harrison Holt McHale saying, with the release of RE4's Mercenaries mode introducing microtransactions for the exclusive weapon upgrades, how do you feel about the strategy to include microtransactions without having them considered in embargo reviews? See, now that I think is a more interesting aspect of this, right? The fact that this is coming in as an update weeks after the game uh, has come out. And I'm of 
two minds with it. Like, I think on on one hand, again, I look at this and I'm like, well, this doesn't really affect the game. Like, I'm, most people, yeah, most people would not, I don't think are going to buy these upgrade tickets. And so I'm, as a reviewer, right, I'm still going to speak to that experience. I don't think this would change my opinion on the game whatsoever. On the other hand, like, that is kind of a, a backdoor way to get around, hey, we're adding in this feature that we know people aren't going to like. Keep it until after the, the game is out, right? Keep it until after reviews are up so that we can skirt behind that. I do think that that can be icky, but I don't feel that icked out by it in this scenario. I, it is case by case for, uh, for it. I mean, I think a big thing here um, is in comparison to a lot of other games that do similar things like this, It this is a single player game first. Like the amount of people buying RE4 for the RE4 campaign versus mercenaries mode, right? Yeah. Like it's, it, there's a... a, a a wide gap between that. Having said that, there are people that are probably going to want to play Mercenaries mode in four more than they would in some of the other RE titles where there's a quality level to it. Um, but did you play any of it? Mercenaries. Uh, question here. What, what, is Mercenaries mode just added now? Yeah. Or It was just added, yeah. Because if it's, if it's just added now, I don't even think that that's as bad as if it was added and then they add the microtransactions two weeks later. You yeah. get what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. if the whole mode with that stuff is added later, that's just... I see that as like value add for the game in the sense of like people are buying it for the campaign. This multiplayer mode is just to keep people going after they beat it. Mm -hmm. um, but that just goes back to how people review games to begin with. Like when you review a game, I mean, I know how we review it here are kind of funny. We're not reviewing every mode in the game and all that stuff. We're reviewing what the game is to us. And like RE4, mm -hmm. you was playing the campaign. Are you ever going to play Mercenaries mode for even one second? No, I'm yeah. not. Straight up. Yeah. And like you still did the review. Case, and that's right? still like when I talk about my experience with The Last of Us, the first game back in 2013, half of my experience with that game was how much I love the multiplayer in that game. That's not gonna speak to everybody. I'm sure if I talk to you, I don't know how much I don't know if you play the multiplayer. People say mercenaries not multiplayer. I don't play oh, mercenaries. Okay. I think mercenaries <laughs> I, that's what I thought. I thought mercenaries was just like the survival slash like horde mode uh, type thing, right? Which I think comes back to I don't think Capcom did this to skirt reviews. I don't think they're trying, I don't think they did this to try and get around the idea that somebody might review their game worse if they knew that there were microtransactions in there. I think it is more so of a, hey, that's secondary, like get the game out, make sure that's good, all this stuff. And then weeks later, we will add mercenaries and then also add the microtransaction stuff in the updates. Like, I think that is just how game development works. That is how, um, how much work it takes to put out a game and make sure that you're putting out everything in a, in a state of quality. Um, I don't think they were doing this to like get around that stuff. But yeah, like I'm not, I, I don't really care about Mercenaries that much. Even if Mercenaries was there when I was playing it for review, I wouldn't care about it. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'd maybe peek into it for a few seconds to see what it is and maybe try it out one, once or twice. But I don't think it's something that I would spend time with. And then, yeah, same with the microtransactions. I don't think I would, I don't think I would bat an eye. Like, I don't, I, I wouldn't um, pay for any of the, the tickets to like, to get my upgrades or anything. That's not something that appeals to me in, the, in, in this game. Yeah absolutely you know bless what up to you know what appeals to me what appeals to you value yeah deals love deals offers patreon.com slash kind of funny where you can get the show ad free you should go do that but for everyone else here's a word from our sponsors shout out to evil dead rise for sponsoring this episode you can get your tickets now to see evil dead rise in theaters april 21st people are saying this movie is absolutely terrifying and i personally can't wait to see it in a theater because there's, there's you know few things in life are as special as watching a real scary horror movie surrounded by people freaking out with you uh moving the action out of the woods and into the city evil dead rise tells a twisted tale of two estranged sisters played by 
Sullivan and Sutherland, whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons, if I had a nickel, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. Uh, New Line Cinema and Renaissance Pictures present a return to the iconic horror franchise, and we are hitting entirely new levels of fear here with this one. I don't know if you've seen the trailers for this, but wow, you definitely should. You look like you need a little bit of fear in your life. And then you can go to EvilDeadRiseMovie.com to get your tickets now to see Evil Dead Rise in theaters April 21st. Shout out to Shady Rays for sponsoring this episode. Do you want to look as cool as I look? Yes, you do. And you can. You can take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an un beatable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that I've ever worn in my life. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Exclusively for you listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. You can go to ShadyRays.com and use the code kind of funny you can get 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses you can try for yourself the shades that are rated five stars by over 250,000 people promo code kind of funny at shadyrace.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Story number three, everybody. Sony has reportedly cut PSVR 2 production by 20%. This comes from Nicholas Tan at PlayStation Lifestyle. Sony has reduced its PSVR 2 production by 20%, according to Ming-Chi Kuo, a tech insider primarily known for his analysis and projections for future Apple products. That's really funny. I see his name so often really? on uh, different subreddits that I look at for, like, leaked Apple shit. So, <laughs> yeah, doing his thing. Uh, this counters a prior statement from Sony in January where it denied re- reports that it had cut production numbers of the headset due to middling pre-order figures. In addition to his critical update that Sony has cut PSVR 2 production, quote, does not share a positive outlook on AR and VR headsets for the near future in his latest Medium article. The MetaQuest Pro only shipped around 300K during its product life cycle, while Pico, Pico? Pico, Pico. Who could ever know? Who could figure uh, that out? Biggest uh, AR VR headset company in China had shipments in 2022 that were more than 40% lower than expected. These figures he concludes, mean that AR and VR headsets like PSVR 2 are not the next star product in consumer electronics in the foreseeable future. He believes Apple's one of the last hopes that this position might change, but he still thinks that the market may overestimate these headsets over the next few years in terms of their overall contribution to companies that supply components for them. Yeah. Sure, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not a a surprise, right, whether or not these reports are true, right? Like, we've heard... We've heard similar things before, right? Like the the there was the time where it was reported by I forget who, but then Sony came out and they were like, no, 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 we're still good. Like we still have these same sales projections, right? Now it's popping up again. I wouldn't be surprised if this is true. I just based off of what the market is right now. We've talked about this a million times. The fact that 
you know, money's tight right now for a lot of people. People don't have as much money to spend on something like, like VR, right? Especially when you don't have a wide outlook of super exciting software coming in the in the um not near future in the long in the long term right like i don't think you have the what you call the unicorn titles for vr that have people coming out and being like oh i need to get this thing like right now for psvr2 you're talking about horizon call of the mountain which i'd say is fine you're talking about things like gran turismo 7 in vr which i think is really good um and then you're talking about like resident evil and then a handful of other games but a lot of those games i would say are not system sellers and so i'm very curious i can't wait to see if we ever see the numbers for psvr2 that's another thing is i don't know if they're ever going to report those if numbers i'm going to hit enough to make it worth talking about yeah because i can't like i'd be so shocked if we're talking about something that's in the millions but you know we'll see we'll see when and if the numbers come out i want this stuff to work so bad i'm a tech person i love this i remember when uh google glass was a thing in like what was it 2013 or something like that like, it was pre kind of funny existing mm -hmm. and um i i remember i got to try them because uh one of my friends had access to to one for a weekend or whatever and putting on these dumbass glasses with the weird little camera thing and getting the heads up display and it was like this is so nifty but yeah. like what 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 are we actually going to use it for? Like, what's what are the real world um, advantages to to all of this stuff? And now here I am, what, ten years later. Oh my god! <laughs> I just saw your life flash from oh, your eyes. No, but I have my watch on me, right? And I get yeah. my notifications, and that's kind of what I like my Apple Watch for. It makes me get my notifications slightly sooner slightly than quicker. looking at my phone, yeah. you know. But uh, whatever, it's cool, and I get I get pictures of my pooches. You know, I get to cycle through, get a little. Well, when it works, it's always worked. It's just not working right now. Anyway, I believe you. I get to look at my dogs, and I like that every day. Bless. Um, but I think that's kind of where certain tech just kind of fizzles out, right? Where it's mm -hmm. like it has like a lot of promise, and then it gets mainstreamed. Apple usually has something to do with that part, and then we iterate and iterate until it's just an annualized thing, and we kind of all just expect it. And you're either like, I want one of those, or I don't want one of those. Mm -hmm. The Google Glass stuff just kind of stopped. And then the VR shift happened. And then that was like, all right, we're going full-on headsets. We're going the full-on experience. So less AR, more VR. In the last year or two, there's been a lot of hints towards it being more of a mix. And we see the more successful VR headsets all have that pass-through ability. And, like, yeah. they, they have been iterating and, like, solving a lot of the cumbersome issues that previous headsets have had. We're still not at that tipping point, though, of it just working the way things should and people having needs that they want met that are actually being met simply and affordably um, or even not affordably, but like worth the price to it mm -hmm. where right now there's like a barrier of entry where there is still the um, early adopters. Uh, like I feel like all VR right now is early adoption um, and there's pros and cons to all of that. Apple it keeps delaying and pushing its reveal of its VR, AR headset, whatever it is R still right now, June looks like the time. Like it seems like they're going to show it off for the first time in June but I wouldn't be surprised if that's not the case based off what's being talked about here. What does this all mean for VR? Will there be a PSVR 3? Oh, no. No, there's not going to. I would be shocked. I, I think the VR space would have to completely shift and change. And maybe that is Apple, right? Maybe that is Apple coming through and being like, we figured this shit out. We know what it needs to be in order to be successful and, and in order to be affordable and all these things, right? I... I have a hard, I have a tough time thinking about what that would be today because I, I've had the experiences with VR where I'm like, whoa, this is mind blowing. This is really cool. Like yesterday on um, Remember Blank that you can get, get right now on Patreon, we talked about the experiences that, the gaming experiences that blew our mind. And both me and Greg brought up some VR examples. Um, and one of the examples I brought up was Beat Saber, like playing that for the first time mm. and playing that for the months 
uh, after and years after I, I um I played this for the first time, I continue to be blown away by it. Right? I, that is a why. Because it just worked. It like, just worked. It just worked. It was easy. It was simple. And it was fun, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it was such a good time. That is such a, I think, a, not a tough thing to nail. I mean, it is a tough thing to nail. But also, it's, like, so much needs to come together, right? And, like, I think you can only have a handful of Beat Sabers before it's like, all right, but what else can you give me, though? Like, what? Like I think Astrobot is another one of those where it's like, wow, like, that floored me. That blew me away. What else do you got now, right? Yeah. And, I, and like you know, we I got Gran Turismo, and I Gran Turismo I wouldn't put on the level of Beat Saber Astrobot, but like you know, it was really neat. And every now and then VR can give you some really neat experiences, but I think you need a lot more of the oh, people need to check this thing out. Like this is actually the future of, uh, of gaming. I don't know if VR can actually be that. Like that is that that is my worry with it. I think right now VR is a thing that is an additional way to interact with the platform, right? An additional um, peripheral that you can get for the PlayStation Five. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I I don't know what you need to do in order to make it more of a widely adopted thing for the PlayStation audience. It's it's really interesting, and like obviously there's bubbles everywhere wherever you are. Being in the Bay Area, a very tech focused um, area, there's going to be a lot more adoption of things like this. But I would be willing to bet that any restaurant you go to in San Francisco, it wouldn't. Uh, it would be a a safe bet to be like. 50% of the people here have probably owned a smartwatch at some point. And I think that that's a wild stat to look at and be like, oh man, like th that's made the market penetration. Like that's happened. And that, that shift has happened because when the watch first came out, it was like $1,300 or whatever from Apple. And then now you can get one for like $200, you know, that all happened within like a four year period of it being the hey, here's the proof of concept of early adopters and you want this as its premium product and then it makes its way down to the general consumer. I can't fathom that happening for VR headsets. And you look at, you apply what I just said to video games. You expect walking into somebody's house that they have at least a console at this point, mm -hmm. right? Like I wouldn't go to somebody's house that is our age and assume that they don't have at least a PS4 or Xbox One, mm -hmm. right? Sure, yeah, I can see that, yeah. And it's like, I feel like I can't fathom a time where anything I'm saying I can apply to VR. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like it's always gonna be a much more niche thing until there is that breaking point. And when's that gonna happen? Is that gonna happen? Maybe that's Apple. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's gonna be, no. but <laughs> I think that if not them, then... If not them, then I don't know like who's left yeah. to try and make that happen. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, story number four, a new Sony patent shows a controller that can change temperature. Now this is the technology I'm talking about. Here we go, everybody. Uh, a new Sony patent shows a controller that can change temperature. This comes from Chris Scullion at VGC. Uh, as initially spotted by Exputer, the patent, which is simply named controller, could be partly made of a softer material rather than hard plastic. This material could be elastically deformable, such as a silicone gel-based material, and would be connected to a circuit that processes information. According to Sony, by making part of the controller out of this elastic material instead of hard plastic, it could make the controller capable of enriching haptic experiences. Less it also, <laughs> however, states that a temperature control apparatus, such as a Peltier element, capable of electrically changing temperature, may be provided on the front surface of or inside the elastic member. Is this a fucking dildo? <laughs> I'm glad you... Okay, I didn't know whether I was crazy when I was first reading through this article. Because I legitimately, I'm, I'm like, you're describing... 
you're describing a sex toy, like yeah. in, the, in this in this patent. Like you're gonna the, the things that people will be able to do with this. You're telling me that it has haptics and vibration in its elastic and it's, member, and it has an elastic. <laughs> it has it's ergonomically, which is a form factor to your delight, and it can t- change temperature. See, I can warm this thing up. Thing. Alright, hold on. Theoretically, this could mean that if players enter a volcano or a snowy, snowy area in a game, the controller may be able to heat up or cool down accordingly. In 2020, another Sony patent was spotted for a controller that would gather biofeedback from a player's hands, such as sweat secretion and heart rate, and change games accordingly. Come on. Porn is always at the forefront of technology. And that's been the thing. So, hey, apply this to VR. Oh my! What who the fuck? To, <laughs> okay, but uh, taking the porn out of this, who wants to be holding like a warm controller? It's always that or weird a cold thing, right? Controller, you know. When they introduced Rumble back in the the nineties, it was like such a cool novelty. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of became baked a baked in experience to what video games are, and there's kind of just an expectation that your controller vibrates in a certain way. And there's been refinement of that with the HD Rumble and the haptic feedback from PlayStation. Um, but then there's always the, like, when does it go too far? Like, when is it just yeah. gimmicky for gimmick's sake, right? And um, I'd be interested if this ever actually comes out, unless it is paired with VR, unless it is paired with a gimmicky experience. And that is the point of it all. Um, but this does remind me of something. Plus. What's that? The Nintendo Vitality Sensor. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good call. Um, but yeah, well... Patents are fun. Patents are fun, and most pat- like most of these patents don't come to be real things. Like I'm still waiting for my robot uh, that's gonna sit sit next to me and watch me play video games and applaud me <laughs> or berate me. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you weren't here on PS Love You last week. Um, yeah, we talked about that last week again. God, like, that was like years ago. That was years ago. And yeah, I mean this biofeedback thing that measures your your sweat secretion and heart rate that was back in 2020. Like there are so many of these patents that just don't happen. Um, but I love the fact that Sony's thinking about it. Yeah. I. I chalk this up to Sony being bored. I think they are they're so successful right now, and they're selling platform, they're selling they're selling consoles, and they're like, we got no competition. What are we gonna do? And somebody's like, I don't know, man. What if we made a controller that changes the temperature? And well, like, what if we made a little friend for you? What if we made a separate <laughs> disc drive? What if we made a, a detachable disc drive and we put out a new controller that has a screen and they can use remote play for? The 360. The 360 was so successful they just started making weird shit for it. You know, this is what yeah, this is what happens when we're on top. That's what happens when you're on top. Get bored and start making sex toys. <laughs> I mean, hey, man. It's like the famous rock quote. Did your scientists go too far or did they think that they should have gone too far, you know? <laughs> wait, 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 is that quote? <laughs> I don't think I've heard that quote. <laughs> I love that, like, I don't know exactly what you're referencing. And it felt like you were just making it up as you were going. No, I know. It was just a very bad take on uh, you thought uh, you only thought about if you could uh, and not and not if you should. Yeah. Okay. I, I was like, when he said it, I was like, there's no way that's the actual quote, right? No. <laughs> that's a serious but, but quote. The famous rock quote. No, I'm just doing the blessing bit. Yeah, you do the thing with the Miyamoto thing. Yeah. It's like the Miyamoto okay, quote. Okay. 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 <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> that is so funny. We can't. Uh, final word on this. We can't let this get out to the public. Yeah. Like we, if, we're, we are not mature enough to be able to no, handle this. If this somehow, they're gonna make it purple too. Oh yeah, they will. Because when if, you think dildo, oh, you think no. purple, right? You, oh, you really? think purple. What do you think? No, don't worry about it. <laughs> 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 don't worry about it. Oh, what man. does that mean? <laughs> oh man. Let me know in the comments below when you hear the word dildo. What color do you think that dildo is? 
All right. OMG's in the chat says, no way, dude. What the fuck, Tim? Really? I'm, I, you, I think you're thinking of like Saints there. Row. Like Saints Row 4 had the purple it dildo. It did have a purple three? dildo, but yeah. I think it only had a purple dildo because dildos are purple. Just... Chicken and the egg, dildo or dildo. Blessing, what that color way. were the dildos Polka in um, dots. Cyberpunk that you would pick up all the time? Uh, I mean, I never looked at them. That's the thing is like they were always like stashed on a body, so yeah. I'll just fucking pick them up. And... Yeah. I'm going to call Greg Miller right now. Oh, You're going to ask him what I'm color comes to Yeah. I mean, I, I think black. Okay, I see. I wasn't gonna yeah, say it, but I, yeah, yeah, that's what I. Think I knew too. when you said like I'm not gonna say it. I knew exactly where you're going. Hello, Tim. Hey, Greg Miller. You're live on Kind of Funny Games Daily right now. When I say the uh -huh. word dildo to you, what color do you think the dildo purple. is? Big time for purple. Wow. He's watching the show. He's a fucking cheater. Are you watching the show? No. No. I'm right. worried about other liar. stuff. Worried about other stuff. <laughs> well, we're having a Can't riveting conversation here. Thank you so much for your contribution. I'm cool. No I'm cool with this. I'm gonna see what pops up. I'm in. I'm in incognito. Who else should we call? One more call. <laughs> Anthony Carboni. <laughs> no, he's still hosting Star Wars Celebration <laughs> right now. Nick, everyone's saying Nick. I love how he's like, one more call. And he's like, he's he's presenting it to us as if we're the ones that were like, oh, yeah, call Greg. It was your idea to call. You're the one who wants to call people. Well, I'm just letting the chat know. You know <laughs> well, who I mean? else wants to? to... <laughs> one oh, more call. Man, not Nick's not available right now. Okay, purple. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Uh, no, yeah, purple, learning things today. purple comes up a couple of times in my Google image search. But Not, like we your Google image search right now is phallic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we didn't we didn't also like mention skin color dildos though. Like, I'm, like that's I'm gonna what's call on here. Fran Mirabella. Oh, that's oh, a good God. one. If yeah. he's even awake. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, there's a lot of them that are just skin colored. Yeah. Like skin colored, um, purple, black are the ones that come up the most. And there's a rainbow colored one. Oh, this one yeah. looks like an alien. Oh my God. Are you looking at the day of the tentacle one? Uh, this is like a silicone dragon dildo is what it's called. Mm. It really makes me sad whenever I see that day of the tentacle one. Like, you know, what, what did you do? What did you do to do that? Great, great game. I never just looked up dildo before, but there's dildo technology is evolved over the years. Because no All right. Purple it is, everybody. There's a lot of crazy shit on this page. There is. Story number five. The Super Mario Brothers movie soundtrack is now available online. Uh, this also comes from Chris Scullion at VGC. Uh, we've been talking about this, but you can get it now on all digital music services. The soundtrack consists of 37 tracks at a total running time of one hour and 28 minutes of just pure bliss. Uh, 35 of the tracks were composed by Brian Tyler, who previously scored Assassin's Creed 4, seven of the Fast and Furious movies, and oh, his, the Tokyo Drift score. Too damn good. Uh, and composed the Avengers Age of Ultron alongside Danny Elfman. The other two tracks are Peach's Bowser song, uh, which was written by Jack Black, and the Mario Brothers rap from the 90s cartoon, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, which features in the movie. Those looking for a physical release of the soundtrack will have to visit I Am 8-Bit, which is currently taking pre-orders for the uh, LP vinyl set, as well as CD and cassette versions, and a 7-inch vinyl single of Peach's. Which is just I great. love that. I love that they they gave it just uh, the the single of Peaches gets its own vinyl. Did you did you get it, Tim? Did you pre order this? Oh yes. Okay. Oh yeah, baby. Are you kidding me? Let's go. A big tip for any of those uh, pre ordering. <laughs> don't, don't say big tip after we just looked up dildos. Big old tip. <laughs> big 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 purple big tip. Big tip. Just the tip. Uh, be patient. Be patient. Oh yeah. yeah oh, it's gonna take a while for it to get to you. Oh, oh I'm yeah. still waiting for. It's my gonna take a while for, for it to come. Yeah, it's going to take a while to uh, pop up. 
I see, I see what he did there. Hey, <laughs> a boner joke, just like WandaVision. Um, anyways, the uh, thing I want to tell everybody is I was listening to the soundtrack, um, and there's a lot of surprises when you listen to the soundtrack. Because sometimes when there's uh, scores and then the movies, they, like, cut up even the songs to be used in the movie in ways that, like, cut out things. And because of how some of the licensed music is in the Mario movie, it's covering up songs from the video games that are orchestrated that we don't mm. get to hear in the movie so listen to this to hear i don't want to spoil what the songs are but there's some dope shit that didn't make the cut of the movie that you get in this beautiful hour i just, hour wa- I, I just watched soundtrack. a clip on uh, twitter of them putting a, a track that was definitely meant for a scene that got replaced by like a licensed song and it's so bewildering that that's not the track that they use it's so, so good yeah it's so oh I, it is. Good. I, I can assume what you're talking about and i cannot wait to listen to this shit Story number six. Ooh, this excites me. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection sells one million copies. This comes from Cat Bailey at IGN. Uh, the Cowabunga Collection sold over a million copies, Konami announced today, an impressive feat in light of it being a retro collection comprised of older games from the 8 and 16-bit era. Konami revealed the news in a cheeky infographic that also revealed that 6 million pizzas were eaten and 350 million foot soldiers defeated. Uh, We're thrilled and a little shell-shocked at this morning's fantastic news. Digital Eclipse said in a tweet, Thank you to Konami and Nickelodeon for the opportunity to make Cowabunga Collection, but most of all, thank you to the intensely loyal TMNT fans who loudly supported this project. Cowabunga Collection is freaking awesome. It is one of my favorite collections of games that I've seen in a very long time. I think that there's been a lot more love being put into collections recently, and this is a great example of it. You go in, just the presentation, going through the menus, the ability to rewind however you want, all the things of earlier we're talking about Beat Saber, it just works. Mm-hmm. Anything you expect a collection of retro games to be, this is that. The, yeah. the um, border to li- borders and just overlays, everything looks so good. Um, the different scan line and different like filters and stuff, they're, they're, they're great. Sometimes you, you can tell not enough work and love was put into it. Mm. They just nailed it with this stuff. So yeah. anyway. The quality of the games definitely ranges. Of there's course. some hits, there's some misses, but hey, overall, great job to them. And a million copies sold of this, way awesome. higher than I yeah. would. Yeah, I'm glad. That's my thing is I'm glad to see it successful. Um, because you often make the argument of, oh, do we want to bring back these old things that people might have forgotten? Like, I'm glad to see that people are actually showing up for this one yeah. and putting uh, putting their uh, putting their money where their mouth is. Is that the right? Putting put, putting mm-hmm. their money where their mm-hmm. wallet and putting it on the table and buying the thing. I'm glad that they're doing that. Yeah. Good on you. 100%. Um, but hey, supposedly blessed. There's this last Ronin Ninja Turtles game happening. Can't wait for it. But if that so, happens, so it's going to be so far away. If yeah. I want to know what's coming to Mama Grab Shops today, where the hell would I look? You look toward the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every week. Yeah. Out today, we have EA Sports PGA Tour on PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. Terrible character creator. Absolutely just yeah. so bad. Ooh. So bad. So, mm-hmm. Go uh, follow Andy on uh, Instagram, and he can show you uh, oh, what medium dreads look like. Holy <laughs> shit, man. Medium dreads. But you know what? I, I got through it very quick and started up a couple of games. And let me tell you, I have not played a PGA Tour in like 20 years. And it definitely felt like that last night where I was like, oh, I forgot to, how to play like a actual golf sim. But I'm back in, baby. You're back oh, in? Oh, yeah. Should I, should I it's have time to, It's time to fucking Are you a golf, golf boy, Bless? I like golf video games, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, is how advanced... I, I, is PGA Tour going to be too advanced for me at casual? If I like that everybody's golf... Did you ever golfs, play Tiger Woods PGA Tour? No. Mm. 
I, I think well, you could. I guess get I did once it. at a friend's house. Yeah. I think you could get into it. There's definitely a little bit of a learning curve, and there's definitely for me who grew up playing uh, uh, PGA Tour games and then not having touched one in two decades, being like, "Oh shit!" Like, yeah, how did like what are all the little changes here? But I, I think you could get onto it pretty quick. I might, I might, I might but you it. might want to start. Uh, I decided to start in like the medium, like the one in, right before the Masters for my career, and it's definitely tough. So. Uh, maybe starting yeah. like the rookie tier. I'll turn it to easy. Go do it, everybody. PGA Tour and up. Uh, re- real quick, I want to give a shout out to Charles Jacobson and Zio VGM giving shout outs to OC Remix, the Balance and Ruin uh, album. Y'all got taste, everybody. OC Remix is dope as shit. Uh, the Voidness, early access coming to PC. Suffer the Night on PC. The Library of Babel. Everywhere. New dates for you. Rhapsody Marl Kingdom Chronicles launches August 29th on Nintendo Switch, PS5, and PC. Tripang 2 uh, launches June 21st. For I think PC. it might be squared. Squared? Tripang squared launches June 21st. Uh, Mr. H- Mr. Sun's Hatbox <laughs> <laughs> launches April 20th. Blaze it up uh, for Nintendo Switch and PC. Uh, deals of the day the Epic Game Store's next free titles have been revealed Mordhau and Second Extinction will be free to download from Epic's PC Marketplace from April 13th through 20th remember if you are getting free games on Epic Game Store still use our code okay still use the code kind of funny is this Mr. Sun's hat oh it is fun fun little 2D platforming action game oh man the shotgun is immediate it's it's like a a burst burst shot I love it this looks cool it does Check it out, everybody. Get in the hat. Get in the box. Um, let's do a little reader mail, Bless. How you feel about that? I feel really good about it. Remember, you can go right into kindoffunny.com slash KFGD. We'll read your questions. Just like David Mertz. Hey, Kind of Funny crew. Lots of news today from Star Wars Celebration, but none of it has been game news. Is there a story in the Star Wars universe that you would like to see as a game, or is there an older Star Wars game you'd like to see return in a remaster, reimagining, or adaptation? I was very excited to hear Rogue Squadron was being adapted, but then it fizzled out. Bring back the original Star Wars Battlefront 2, the 2005 game, and give it online features. Like, bro, just restore the That's online it. features. Just do That's, it. Uh, yeah, just do yeah. it. That's all I want. That'd be great. I'd be all about it. I would love a new pod racer. I know we the close. Yeah. I, the fact that we got the remasters is mind blowing to me. With trophies, uh, I had such a yeah. good time playing Man. Star Wars Racer again. Um, but I'd love a, a, a from the ground up next gen. Like, let's see the Boots of Eve classic. Like with those. Um, raised traced and all that stuff you know oh, i would love the race to be traced yeah um but otherwise i kotor was the thing that i wanted remade and it is happening question mark um so besides that i'm kind of just really happy with what the fact that we have jedi fallen order and it was as good as it was and survivor looks to just be more of that keep going guys i, I got, want more of that i got two uh two for you go for it of course, one, uh, ever since uh, season seven of Clone Wars came out, I've been saying Bad Batch, uh, Republic Commando game, uh, Republic Commando we talked about on the, the Patreon episode yesterday, and that reminded me of, uh, you know, you play as one clone and you have like a, a squadron with you that you can kind of command. Uh, I think a Bad Batch game would be sick as hell. Um, and then the one that I have always thought of ever since this book came out called Star Wars Death Troopers, which happened to come out exactly a year after the first Dead Space game. And it's just a book that just feels exactly just Star Wars Dead Space. Make that a fucking game, because it sounds sick as hell. Mm, Give me a Star Wars horror game? Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Sounds awesome, actually. Yeah. You sold me. 
You know when like you de- you're debating saying something that's just gonna fuck shit up, oh, and then you're man. just like not gonna say it. Do you want me to say it? Say it. You know, you don't, you know, know I'm not going to do it. It's, it's, it's something it. that's going to upset Barrett. I can tell. No. I can tell. No, no. A game called Luke Skywalker, where you just get to be Luke Skywalker, and then you get to do cool fucking shit. Okay, you upset right? me too with that one. All right? One, and you get to be called the first <laughs> and last Jedi, all right? The only Jedi. Fuck all the other goddamn Jedis. That's the subtitle of the game. I'm, all I'm right? the main mechanic was <laughs> is you just whine all the time. And be a fucking badass. Honestly? Okay? I, I in my head I was thinking about like I would be down to play as is Ray Ray Skywalker in a, in a video game Ray Skywalker Ray Skywalker which is probably just as dumb oh. as what you said but now that you said that I can say I can say that without you can guilt say whatever you yeah, want yeah I'll play know? as Ray Skywalker I don't the know opening, how you do it the opening crawl of this is just like yeah the last Jedi didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> so yeah take that everybody what color do you think dildos are let us know in the comments below um, there's another fun question here if you want to tackle I do want to get into this other fun question from Jakey Oz bless hey tim and bless congrats on the hosting hat trick three days together in a row this was from weeks ago got it got it got it got it still two all right Uh, i have a fun thought exercise for you guys today when nintendo launched n64 games on the switch it launched with nine games the game boy also launched with nine games the game boy advanced six games if we ever get the gamecube ported to the switch what six or nine nice games <laughs> would you be your uh, dream lineup for launch? And what games do you think Nintendo will actually launch with? If you want to take it one step further, you can apply the same question for if slash when the Wii gets ported to the Switch. Thanks for everything. I feel like there's four obvious ones that come to mind immediately for GameCube. Um, Mario Sunshine, because you want a Mario game there. Zelda Wind Waker, because mm-hmm. you want a Zelda game there. Smash Melee, because it's Smash Melee. And then Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like those are the four horsemen of the, the GameCube. It's interesting because with where we're at with the switch of having remaded Metroid Prime um, and getting the ports, oh, uh, the, like... the port of um, Sunshine mm-hmm. uh, with the 3D All Stars collection, I'm a little less convinced we're gonna get GameCube on the the Switch Online, mm-hmm. um, especially because there's rumors that F Zero GX are, is also being uh, remade or remastered by um, Next Level Games, I think it was. And if that happens, woo wee! We are in for a good time, but a very difficult time. You ever play F-Zero GX? No, I didn't. One of the most hard games I've ever played. Really? This The campaign, I never beat it. It is like four levels in. It's just d- F-Zero historically has been very hard, though, right? Like, I um, Or maybe I'm just bad at it, because I remember playing the Super Nintendo one, and I played the N64 one, and I was not good at either of those. I, I don't know that I would say that, they, that they're known to be hard games, but like GX is is ridiculously difficult, mm. um, punishingly so, but it's cool as hell. The story mode, dope. Um, like there's an actual story, and you get to be Captain Falcon. Does he punch cool. people? He does punch. Oh, people. Let's go. I'm all about that. <laughs> um, but I I think that you're onto something here. Where melee, Luigi's Mansion, mm-hmm. two launch-ish titles for GameCube that would make a lot of sense. Um, but then besides that, I I don't think that they would get too deep in the Duffy on GameCube games. Um, I mean, let, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Switch Online, major success. They have a ton of games at this point that are available. Like pretty much everything you'd expect to be there is there, with very, very rare exception. And some made up games. Many made up games. Yeah. Um, an excessive amount of weird special edition things of like, you get to play this with cheat yeah. codes on. Here's Zelda like, with all right, power cool. Um, but do you think that with the idea of the Switch Pro, Switch 2, whatever the hell mm-hmm. the next Switch is, I'm of the belief. The Switch branding is going to maintain one of the reasons being because of Switch Online. And they're going to continue the Switch Online. If they continue Switch Online, do you think we get GameCube? 
I don't think so. Um, for some of the reasons you're talking about, I, being able to remaster Metroid Prime and put that out and like having, probably eventually doing Wind Waker, right, and Twilight Princess, you have such an access of GameCube games that are modern enough that you can re-release them and actually have people pay money for it as opposed to offering them as a subscription. And I think you start to t step on your to toes a little bit. I know that with um, Mario 3D All-Stars, you had Mario 64 in there, right? But like, and you also have Mario 64 in the Nintendo 64 thing, but I still think that's far enough uh, back there where you can you can you can get away with it like i, I view n64 as retro where gamecube i guess gamecube now technically is retro but it's not i i feel like that was like the generation that generation forward is like modern gaming to me right i feel like that is like the oldest you can get and still kind of call it modern i know that's it's well, probably, <laughs> it's probably weird and arbitrary and maybe it just applies to me because i'm 28 years old but yeah, I feel like it'd be weird. I, I I could see them being like, "Oh, it's weird." Like, like we can put, we can put these games out and, again and make and make money off of them. I think we're at the point that like modern gaming is PS4. I think debatably <laughs> the PS3 generation, but I think even that is in that weird kind of middle ground. But I I think that we will get GameCube at some point. Um, but. Yeah, it does. It, yeah, it breaks me too. It breaks my mind to think about that. But yeah, I, I want I want melee, man. I feel like that'd be great on Switch. But I think to to, to Jakey Oz's question, right? Because we we name mainly first party stuff. I would also throw in um, if this were to happen, Soul Calibur two, and this is me getting crazy now. Soul Calibur two, and then also Resident Evil four. Mm -hmm. I feel like if those were the six games, the um, to go through them, right? Melee, um, uh, what call it? Sunshine. Um, Zelda, Wind Waker, Luigi's Mansion, Resident Evil 4, Soul Calibur 2. That's a fucking banger-ass lineup that represents the GameCube completely. And I think later on, you would get the Metroid Primes of the world, maybe Animal Crossing, stuff like that. And yeah. then also, WarioWare Inc. Mega Party Games. Ooh, Definitively yeah. the best WarioWare game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jay Baseball says, Pokemon Coliseum would be awesome to have on Switch. That is true. Pokemon Coliseum, pretty fun game. It was a full-ass console RPG Pokemon. People just pretended it didn't happen, but it did. What was, up, what was up with the Gale of Darkness? That was the, the like spiritual successor to Coliseum. Also, a full-ass console RPG. Hmm. Are those yeah. good? Um, I liked Coliseum. Didn't like Gale of Darkness as much. I seem to be in the minority on that. But I'm a big Umbreon Espeon fan, so they were like the, the core ones from Coliseum. Anyway, let us know in the comments below what color the dildo is. Um, next week's host it's are colored. me and Greg on Monday. Me and Andy on Tuesday. Interesting. Uh, blessing Greg on Wednesday, blessing me on Thursday, and me and Bless on Friday. Did we get anything wrong? Did we get anything wrong? We That's a great question, wrong. but also a silly question, Barrett. Of course we didn't. Of course we got absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, KDG says Tim said he couldn't call Anthony Carboni because he's in the middle of hosting Star Wars Celebration, but it's 7 p.m. here, and it's done for the day. You'd only be interrupting whatever dinner plans he has. That's how time works, Bless. How drunk do you think he is, Ryan? He's, <laughs> he's going crazy. Cool he's at jacket. the club just fucking like. Uh, he's probably having dinner with like Ian McDermott and like really cool Star Wars people, you know. He's, so he's, cool. going, he's going crazy at the club right now. In the bathroom doing cocaine for the first time ever. <laughs> he's like, I've never done this before, but I'll, I'll try. Because I'm Anthony Carboni. I'm cool. <laughs> That's how he sounds like. He is cool. He's really cool. I don't think I've met somebody cooler. <laughs> Uh, Kebab System was correct. Google Glass was launched in 2013, same year as Xbox One and PS4. Jesus, I was 18. 
That's wild, man. Uh, I appreciate this one from Radic. Uh, sex toys and Cyberpunk 2077, which Blessing was getting, uh, we're all um, um, we're getting all the time. Uh, come in various colors, but I can't say that purple is a <clears throat> is a dominant color there. Additionally, there's a sex toy like weapon available. A one handed <laughs> a one handed club called Sir John uh, Fallistiff. Stiff Fallis. <laughs> I see what they did there. It's, it's pink. pink. It's pink. Pink. Well, there you go, everybody. There you go. You know. It upsets me when I think about the fact that I said all that dildo stuff in front of Radic from CD Projekt Red. Yeah. We love you, Radic. We love you, Radic. We love you. You're the best. You know what? Purple dildos next time. Yeah. Next game. Witcher, next game. Witcher 4. Get it right. Get it right. <laughs> I love everybody. I love you. I love you. I love you. Goodbye.